Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast where we have anticipation. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beige. Oh, I just can't wait. Yes. Uh, today we're talking about the most anticipated stuff from us or of us, the things that we're most anticipating. <laughs> there we go. Yes. That's close enough. Of 2018. Um, because it's still like, I, I know we're almost to the end of January already, but nothing has actually come out yet because that's the nature of January. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now is like the last week that we can do this. And we thought it would be fun because then at the end of the year, we can look back and see what we were actually like excited about and how that panned out. So we, we kind of <laughs> broke this down like books, movies, games, because that was the easiest way to do it. And the thing was, once we did this and we started talking about it, like I realized that I don't actually anticipate books and no. I just get surprised and delighted like when the release date, like I, I don't know their release date. I just, the book comes out and it like pops up on Amazon or I see it on Twitter or something. Um, uh-huh. The closest I possibly get is that like I will pre-order a book and then forget I pre-ordered it. And then suddenly I'll get like the notice in my email like, hey, your book is now available. But like you yep. said basically the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing because I forget that I pre-order them. And I do a lot of book pre-ordering because I'll see it pop up in Twitter. I'll see an author post about it or an ad somewhere it's like oh releasing later this year i'll go to amazon right then pre-order it and then it completely like leaves my mind that i even did it so i get these nice surprises when i wake up and i'm like oh that book came out today i guess i'll be able to read that where i just don't and it's not that i don't care because i get super excited about them whenever they're there it's just it's I don't like count down the days, except for maybe Oathbringer, because I was doing a reread to get ready for it, and I still haven't read it, though. I mean, it came out three months ago, and I'm on the book before it in the series. Yeah, and like even Oathbringer, for me, like I would not have known that release date if you didn't talk about it for like the months leading up to it. And I think like half right. the time you brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, I kept forgetting. Um, yep. The only one for me at this point that I would like keep track of the release date and carve out time to immediately read it is uh, Patrick Rothfuss's series, The King oh, Killer yeah. Chronicles. Whenever book three comes out, like that one will be very, very like that might be my favorite series ever. Um, but outside of that, like even authors I really like and I follow closely, I suppose, like Jim Butcher, you know, like Dresden stuff, yep. um, Scalzi and like any of his series, things like that. Like they just pop up and I'm like, oh, that book is out. OK, I'll, I'll read it now. But yeah, it's not really anticipation. Yeah, that's kind of how it was. I used to actually anticipate Scalzi books. I knew when they were coming coming out because I was uh, very like I was writing my own sci-fi books. I was very involved in the in that kind of, of uh, not even sphere on the internet, but that area of the internet. And so I would see them all the time. And now I'm just I, I haven't read Collapsing Empire because I forgot it even came out until you mentioned it at the end of last year. And it, it's just like Patrick Rothfuss. I'll I'm waiting on that one to be announced. I haven't even thought about the Dresden Files books again, but yeah, I'll read it whenever it comes out and I'll see it and I'll pre-order it. And then um, the Brent Weeks uh, Lightbringer books, whenever one of those comes out, I actually did anticipate the last one because I noticed nearby, like near its time. That's about the extent of like, it wasn't months and months of waiting. I just happened to notice that it was coming out in a couple of weeks because I think he tweeted about it. I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to get to read that really soon. But stuff like that. We were trying to figure out like why we are this way. And I think it's maybe because it's hard to experience books like as a group and with others. Whereas one of the things I really like about talking like movies and games and all the things that we talk, you know, week to week is that we can engage kind of in real time with other people on Twitter and like the community and Reddit and like, I mean, Discord, Slack, all the places where we are as a as a network and as a community, whereas 
books, unless you're going to go full spoilers, it's really hard to talk about a book. And people read yeah. at such different paces that I could finish a book in a night and it could take someone else a month. Or I could put off a book and like read it slowly over a couple months and someone else finishes it in a day. Like, you know, it's just it's harder to connect and have a community around books unless you have some kind of book club. And like, I just don't have time for that. Yeah, it's too much of a commitment. That's a that's a big thing for me is that reading is such a relaxation thing for me. It's what I do before bed at night. So the idea of a book club is awesome. Like I love the idea of it, but it it seems so exhausting to have to uh, be on a schedule to read that it also I know you and I were talking about this when we were uh, writing out our notes, but it feels like school for me. That's what I did for my education was read on a schedule and discuss it as a group. And now that I'm not an English major, I'm kind of done with that. I'm going to read at my own pace for what I want. And and even as a teacher, I would have to read on my own schedule. That was the worst worst part being a bad student i had to read my own stuff at the schedule i set and not be able to skip or miss anything if i got behind that's the worst part about being an english teacher is you have to be the teacher well yeah and i was saying at this point like joining a book club for you would be like me joining an amateur video editors club it's mm -hmm. just it, it would be work but in a really weird way that's not actually in line with my skill set it would just feel wrong on a bunch of different right. levels yeah so that's kind of where we landed with books but we have a lot for like movies and games and before we get into the movies we're anticipating i wanted to say there's one that i'm not and i feel weird about it and it's solo <laughs> a star wars story yeah because i know like with as much as i love star wars i should be anticipating everyone and this is the first one that it i don't necessarily think it's going to be bad i would go out of my way to say you know with disney and how they're treating series and stuff it's probably not going to be bad but i just don't think it's a story i care about it's not a story that needs to be told i already kind of know what it's gonna be it's gonna be like han and Chewie and like getting together as pilot and co-pilot and friends and like i don't need that story is how yeah. i feel i guess and that's how I feel about Rogue One. So without like rehashing all of that, like I'm the same way about Solo, but it's not necessarily for the story that I'm not anticipating it. Like I'm going to watch it. And I'm sure. Oh, I'll watch it. With, I'll see it the first with, night. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there like opening night. Like I'm going to have my tickets pre-ordered and it's, it's going to be a whole thing. And I'm going to like throw essentially a little party and go to dinner and do all this like I always do for a Star Wars movie. But I don't care. And that's the big thing is that I'm keeping my expectations like Suicide Squad low, where I know that this has been in just this developmental nightmare for so long that with the script going back and forth, with them having to bring in Ron Howard to direct, it's it's just like it has the potential to be a very good movie. But you're right, the narrative doesn't have to be told. And the I have a feeling that it's going to feel like messy in the way that the last jedi is better than like the last jedi is messy but it's in a structured messy way and i think this is going to be messy in the they're trying to put together a lot of different things to see what happens um yeah i just I don't, I don't know i just don't have high hopes for it at all and i think it's probably better 
to keep my hopes very low because then yes. I could go in and be pleasantly surprised. Um, I just don't want to go in and be disappointed. So I'm really trying to set those expectations where they belong. I mean, I like Ron Howard's movies as long as Akiva Goldsman isn't involved in it, and he's not involved in this one. So crossing my fingers here that it's better than, like I said, Suicide Squad is my baseline for movies I can't stand. So if it's better than that, then I'm okay. Okay, cool. So I have a couple movies that fall into, uh, like I'm anticipating them, but they're kind of in this category of like turn my brain off movies. Like I'm not yeah. actually expecting them to be be all end all like crazy amazing, um, but and I might not even see them in theaters. So the movies here would be, and we can talk about these in depth when we get to you here in a second. But like Jurassic World, uh, Ready Player One, Pacific Rim Uprising, like all of those, right. like I will watch those one time and enjoy them for what they are, not expecting them to be anything extra. The only movie that I'm really truly anticipating this year that I have really high hopes for is Infinity War because. Like, we've spent 10 years of, like, the MCU getting up to Infinity War, and this should be where we finally get the payoffs. Like, we should get the conclusion of stories. We should get characters being killed or at least written off in different ways. People's contracts are up either after this movie or after the second Infinity War movie. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But especially after reading all those like Thanos and Infinity Gauntlet and, um, you know, the comics I did the other week, like my anticipation for Infinity War is extremely high. And if they do it well, I I just hope that I'm blown away by it. And I hope that I am, too. I'm I, I didn't really like the trailer they released and I, I'm, I'm excited for this and I'm anticipating it very much, but I'm also keeping my expectations very low because I don't want it to be a hot mess, kind of like Ultron was. I love the Russo brothers and I know that they're going to be able to pull this out because the leaked Comic-Con trailer was straight up better than the one they released out to the public to get people excited about it at first. So I'm really holding out hope. But I'm also kind of like right now, I'm very comic book movied out. And so once it gets closer to it, I'm going to be super stoked about this movie. But in terms of like hype, I can't get hyped about it, even though I'm anticipating it. Is that semantic enough for you? No, I mean, it makes sense. And part of it, too, with other comic book movies is that like because of the nature of contracts, we know that people are contracted for multiple movies. And in a way, that makes it so there's no real stakes. There's nothing. I mean, there's character development that will happen, but nothing major and like you know earth changing ground shattering in the mcu could possibly happen before and now it finally can because contracts are up so i don't think we're going to get tons of character development for every character because there's something like 30 heroes in these movies combined but you know for thor for captain america for iron man for the ones that are on like their third standalone movies plus two avengers and this is going to be the third avengers movie we should get to see their arcs wrap up and their contracts are getting wrapped up so I'm actually really looking forward to that aspect of it a lot. It hurt. Like, I'm always looking at the stuff outside of it. So maybe that's why I'm not as hyped about this one right now. Like I said, I will be, though, because I also don't like to think about maybe Robert Downey Jr. running out of contract on on these and not being Iron Man anymore. Yeah. And the thing is, they might bring them back later. Like they don't. Yeah, I don't, they have to write them out of the series in a way. But that doesn't mean they it, have to kill them off. And right. I, I would rather not have them kill off people and then like resurrect them later. But if they can find yes. ways to write people out of this story and then in 10 years bring them back, that could be super cool. Right. So like, yeah, 
to kick Thor out of all dealings with Earth or something and to say you can only be part of the cosmic universe and then to like write him off that way. I could see that happening. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I don't know how they would do it with Iron Man and Captain America. Like, oh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with those two characters. But that's why I'm going into this with such like expectation, because I don't know what's going to happen with those characters. And this is the first time I felt like that. Right. I yeah. understand that. So you had a bunch of the same movies, but you didn't kind of you you didn't put any into the turn your brain off category. So I'm kind of curious, yeah. like, why don't you run through your list and tell me a little bit about it? Okay, so Ready Player One is probably my most anticipated movie this year because it's my favorite book. But I'm also like like I love Ready Player One. I've read it so many times. I've I've really fell in love with that book, and uh, it, it's it's I'm really anticipating this movie like i get just super hyped every time i see one of the trailers but i'm also very hesitant on it because i can totally see them going overboard with it if that makes any sense it's like i i don't want them i don't want it to be fan service any more than it's already fan service i mean i feel like it's going to be a steven spielberg adaptation of the book that is very reliant on universal properties or whatever the company is that's making it, you know, that they have yeah. the rights to. I don't think it's actually going to be what the book is. So I'm trying to keep my expectations in line for that one. For me, I don't even want it to be like the book. I want it to have the, that same feeling as the book because I know that you can't adapt it. I'm not a the book was better person because I like to look at each of them on their own. But I hope that it has the atmosphere and feeling of the book and the adaptation. And that's why I'm anticipating it so much is because Steven Spielberg, if anyone, can do that. You know, you mentioned Jurassic World, the whatever it is, Fallen Kingdom or something like that, and the trailer to me looks so boring. Like, I, Jurassic World is my solo, where I know that they have to be doing more than they're showing right now, but that trailer looks like there is nothing going on other than explosions and dinosaurs running, and that series is more than that. Even just even below the surface, it's a little more than that, and I'm like, there has to be something that they're not showing us here. There has to be more to this movie than just a base baseline sequel so the explosions and dinosaurs like if i that's what i'm going and expecting right i'm going to turn off my brain i'm going to enjoy it for that at least one time in the theater no question i will like it once um the thing that they have come out and said is that everything in the trailers so far everything released to the public is in the first third of the movie so that gives me a lot of hope that, that there's actually a lot more there that's what i was expecting given the the uh courtroom stuff that they were showing that since they were giving so much away to begin with and i didn't know that what you just said but since they were were go giving away so much i expected there had to be more going on yep i think so and you also mentioned pacific rim uprising and i I am so excited for Pacific Rim, Um, mainly because, like, I loved the first one way more than I thought. And I love monster movies, like, turn your brain off monster movies. I just love. And, like, I went and saw Godzilla in the theaters, that remake, because I just wanted to see a Godzilla movie in the theaters. And, uh, like, I, I truly love them. And this one, with Uprising, not only does it have John Boyega in it, and... And uh, it's being directed by Guillermo Guillermo del Toro, who uh, can make a giant robot movie that's not confusing, loud, and terrible. And 
he who know and he knows what he's doing. They showed in this last trailer. I noticed that the kaiju. You and I talked about it last week off air, but the kaiju kind of melded together into this giant mega kaiju, which means I think that the Jaegers are going to do the same thing, and we're going to get like a Voltron or Megazord out of them. And I cannot wait. I want John Boyega to pilot Megazord so much. Yep, I yep. can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and turn off my brain for that one and enjoy it. Yep, I'm gonna be so happy about. It. I may see it two or three times in the theater. Just just because I did the first one the same way, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> I love I love movies like that. And then, you know, Infinity War was on my list, but we've said pretty much everything that we, we can say about it right now. And then, like, Black Panther, I'm really looking forward to. It comes out in just a couple of weeks here, and I am pumped for Black Panther. That I, I, I'm amazed it wasn't on yours, actually, despite all of the uh, comic book exhaustion that we felt. I think Bla- I want to see what they're doing with Black Panther because the trailers look phenomenal. See, I don't think the trailers look phenomenal. This is the same place that if we had done this list last year, um, Spider-Man would not have been on my list. I feel kind of the same way I feel I felt about Spider-Man that it looks like just another superhero movie. And I hope it's not, but I kind of need people to see it and like give me the lowdown before I go in to set my expectations accordingly. Because to me, looking at the trailers, it looks like another superhero movie where we get somebody's origin or like at least flashbacks to their origin, fill in their origin story. And then they fight with somebody who has the exact same power set as them. And then they come out on top. Like it doesn't, I don't know what's there that's not already in the trailers. So I need people to come back from that movie with glowing reviews saying the trailers barely showed anything. It's a it's a totally different movie than it looks like. I hope that's what happens, but I don't anticipate it yet. I do, too. And that's kind of what I'm hoping from it. I mean, and I love the, the trailers, like I said, but I'm expecting more out of it because they've gone so far into the production that I've seen in building like world building on this one they really are going above and beyond to make wakanda very vibrant and unique so i kind of i'm gonna get i'm getting a feel of kind of like guardians of the galaxy when they went over and above with james gunn to make the the cosmic universe feel real i kind of feel that way whenever i read or see anything about the wakanda stuff in black panther okay, so I'm, I'm i'm really hopeful about that uh and then you know just some that i noticed just were coming out that i don't really have a whole lot to say about or like wrinkle in time i i will see this regardless of whether it's a good movie because i used to read the book uh once or twice every year it's one of the first sci-fi books i ever truly loved so of course i'm gonna see the movie when it comes out the uh the tomb raider movie is coming out and i think they did a stellar job in casting the trailer looks awesome and it feels just like the video game that they really got that tone and atmosphere and aesthetic correct so it's uh it's something that i loved watching jennifer play so i'm really looking forward to going and seeing this movie with her yeah and um, like right after right before we started recording you convinced me that i should watch the trailer i had kind of written it off but i will give it another shot after we record i promise yeah i mean just watch the trailer and it may not be something that you like but it i thought they it is definitely a modern take on it that is an adventure movie that i think is better than like uh most adventure movies that come out right now it's not national treasure um but um also, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I'd forgotten completely about coming out this year, and I loved those comics so much, just so, so much, that people get me Spider-Gwen 
uh, memorabilia as gifts now. <laughs> and uh, like I have a giant Funko Pop. I have like two other Funko Pops, just a bunch of other stuff. Like I'm super excited to see Spider Gwen in this. And I'm also excited because I think Donald Glover is playing Miles Morales. And he was the guy they wanted to take over initially when they were rebooting uh, the Spider-Man movies away from Andrew Garfield that people were saying, just do a Miles Morales and have him play him. And so I'm excited that he's actually going to play Miles Morales in a theatrical Spider-Man movie. It looks good to me. We've only seen that one kind of teaser trailer, so it'll be interesting. And I love Spider-Man, so so I'm super, super pumped. And I also just didn't know that Wreck-It Ralph 2 was coming out this year. Ralph Wrecks the Internet. I just love the first one. That I just... I. I love Disney movies, and so Wreck It Ralph two coming out. I'm all I'm I'm there. And my wife's favorite movie is The Incredibles. Like it's her favorite movie ever. Under under no uh, everything else in the world, The Incredibles is by far her uh, like head and shoulders above. It's her. It's my birthday. I'm sitting in the floor eating coconut chicken and watching The Incredibles. Uh, that that's her celebration. So she. Uh, so with the second one coming out, I'm just to see it uh, more than anything because of how excited I know that she is going to be leading up to it. Kind of like me and uh, The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. That's going to be her with The Incredibles 2. So I cannot wait for that because of her. So with The Incredibles 2, this is one that's kind of interesting to me because I I saw the movie. Like I saw it once right. and I've never seen it again because mm. it was just like, oh, that was a good Pixar movie. And then I moved on with my life. But now that like The Incredibles 2 is getting close, I'm hearing all these people who are like, it's the most amazing movie ever that they just loved the first one so much. I didn't know it had yeah. that much a fandom behind it, I suppose. Yeah, it does. So now that I realize that, I should probably rewatch that one. It's one of the it's I mean, I've seen it. I know what's in it. I, like, I know it's good. I just I didn't realize there was so much. I don't know, like power behind it from fans. Yeah. There are there's a huge huge fan base of it and Brad Bird as well the director he he did the Iron Giant and and other stuff he did Mission Impossible uh, um not Rogue Nation the one before it uh, Ghost Protocol and like he just understands cinematography and making a movie fun to watch and he's just super good at it at storytelling and the thing about The Incredibles that makes uh, that makes Jennifer love it so much and that's made me as I've gone back and watched it more and more with her is that it's just good that the the movie doesn't really have a lot of those lulls like a lot of movies do it's it's long but for the most part it's always going and very little bit of it drags it's just a really good superhero movie that even though it came out before the mcu and we really had this superhero movie formula like you were talking about with black panther that one kind of does the superhero movie right and it's outside of that formula that I that's I think that's why I really like it now is looking at our current superhero landscape and seeing that one and I am I'm pumped because it's like you know it's after they've retired and getting back into it and it's being adults and so it's kind of that as well like it's just it's a superhero story you don't get all the time so I think it's I'm I want to know what they're going to do with it in Incredibles 2 yeah I'll add it back to my watch list and actually I've, I've been noticing this is kind of a tangent I won't 
go on it too far, but I'm noticing more and more things that are Disney properties that I'm realizing I should probably rewatch. And I'm kind of waiting on a lot of them because if you know anything that's been going on with Disney deals, they are going to launch a streaming service very soon. And I feel like there's going to be so much content on that for me to get around to rewatching that maybe I don't want to go out of my way to track stuff down at the moment. Maybe it's better to just wait. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, I'm really excited about that too. uh, I'm going to watch so much of it. Yeah, I mean, once they consolidate everything, it's going to be a lot of properties under one service like that. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. So um, the last section here is games, and I could legitimately do a solo podcast about this topic of anticipated games for probably like an hour and a half on my own, so I'm not going to do that. Um, Instead, I'm going to say there are a lot of games that I'm interested in, but less that I would have on an actual like really anticipated list, like that I'm super looking forward to, right? So... Um, let me get some of these like interested in out of the way quick. <laughs> and so right. the, these are games that like they're on my radar. I'm keeping an eye on them. And almost everyone that I'm about to list here, I am probably going to buy and play and probably enjoy to some extent or another. But these aren't the ones I'm super hyped for. I'll get to those here in a minute. So the you know interested in list here is like Monster Hunter World, Sea of Thieves, God of War, Crackdown 3, Detroit Become Human, Skull and Bones, and if you guys don't know that one because it has a super generic name, it's the one that's from Ubisoft. That's Assassin's Creed 4 without the Assassin's Creed part. It's just pirate yeah. ships, basically. Um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which, again, if you don't know that one because generic name, um, it's the Castlevania guys, not Castlevania. That's actually just <laughs> Castlevania. Again, it's that's the best way to put it. Um, and then there's a new Mech Warrior RTS coming out. Um, and then there's a couple that might be out this year, maybe not. We don't really know yet. So, like Anthem. Uh, that would make it on my hype list, except it's EA and they've been doing really bad lately with just business practices and like games that look great until they actually come out. So it's kind of on what this list. What is Anthem? Uh, Anthem I is, think you've told me about it, but I can't remember it at all. It's the one that looks like what you thought Destiny would be before Destiny actually came out. Do you remember okay. that one? Yep. It's like mechs flying around and like party grouping. And do you, you saw the trailer because I showed it to yeah. you at some point. Yep. Okay, And I'm Googling it right now just to see. And yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Destiny before it was what we thought Destiny should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, a couple others that might not even be out this year. Psychonauts 2, because I liked Psychonauts at the time, even though I've tried to go back to it recently and it doesn't. I I don't think it holds up over time just because of games have aged and gotten better. But anyway, if they're doing a new one from scratch, I'm all there. And then uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, just because we've talked about Kingdom Hearts to death. But, you know, it. I like it, but I don't like it the way you do. So with those out of the way, the games I'm actually anticipating for the year, which is kind of as close to hype as I get for a game, um, the new Spider-Man, which I know is on your list too, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. That that was one of the main reasons I bought a PS4, that when I saw it at E3 this year, that trailer convinced me I wanted a PlayStation 4 more than any of the other consoles. Because, I mean, Final Fantasy 15, Kingdom Hearts 3, yeah, those are things that I really, really want. But that Spider-Man game looks just like an Arkham game, but for Spider-Man, that if they pull off even a fraction of the things that that trailer was showing off, I'm going to spend so much time web-slinging around that city that I'm not going to be able to get my work done. Yeah, I mean, my two favorite superheroes as a kid were Spider-Man and Batman. And we've gotten our Batman games now with like Arkham and the Telltale series. So to get Spider-Man in that vein of game, in that style, um, I think that Spider-Man might actually be a better fit for that type of like combat and exploration than Batman was. So yeah. 
yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that game. I you know, like you said, if it is what it was in the trailer, I'm going to love that game. Um, and but I, with Disney Infinity, the Spider-Man games were awesome. The Spider-Man levels and characters to play as were, were super fun. So that was another reason that kind of like it solidified in my mind that I want this game so much is because even the most modern uh, take on them from the Disney Infinity stuff was fantastic. And this can only be infinitely better. Disney infinitely better, huh? Huh? No, but sorry. the <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, one of the things that can like make or break open world games for me at this point is movement throughout the world, and I think that like Spider Man's web slinging, if they do it right, that will be able to that will take the game from like a good open world game to like an amazing game overall. You yeah. Know? Um. So we'll just have to wait and see what they do with that. But everything I've seen around it makes me think they're going in the right direction, which is good. Again, we have to wait for the game to come out and then we'll report back. That'll probably be a whole episode when that game comes out. Oh, I'm Um, sure. So I also have fire emblem for switch on here. There's literally no details except that it's fire emblem. It's on the switch. It's the next one in the series kind of following up from awakening and fates, which are my two favorite fire emblem games. The only fire emblem games I've ever beaten because I loved them and I, could never get into the earlier ones so they're taking that and they're going forward with it to a new system and i love the switch so fire emblem switch is on my list easily um red dead redemption 2 is here which are you looking forward to that at all or have you not looked at it much i'm curious i i don't like rockstar games so nah so i used to like all rockstar games but i also used to be a 13 year old boy so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Um, these days I can't get into a GTA. Like I just, it, they don't work for me. It's too, I don't want to say immature because it's not, it's just that style of game doesn't click with me anymore. Right. But something about setting it, even though Red Dead Redemption 2 is kind of like GTA Wild West, something about yep. putting it in that setting works for me. I, I really liked the first Red Dead Redemption and I don't know if I've actually liked any of the other like of Rockstar games between then and now. So Red Dead Redemption 2 is definitely there for me. Um, I got to yeah. see how it ends up being. But I, I'm really excited for that. I have high hopes. Another I one watched I- a bit of the first one being played. and I never actually played it myself, but I watched a few hours of it. And it's just it was just so GTA still that I was like, yep, not not a game for me. I don't know. It has more exploration and more, you know, it's it's the Wild West. It's not right. a city and it's not something where like the map already has everything on it necessarily, even though, you know, the maps in games are what they are. But yeah, yeah, something about the setting and the exploration and like just messing around in that world was really fun for me. So we'll see what happens with that one. Another on my list is Wargroove, which do you remember this one? I've talked to you about it before. I- yeah, I remember. Uh, I'm so excited. I forgot this. I forgot about this game. But when I saw your description of the Advance Advance Wars style Switch game, I was like, Oh yeah, that's Advance Wars is one of my favorite series ever. That, yeah. that they're so good. Since Nintendo has told Intelligent Systems to just kind of abandon Advance Wars because Fire Emblem is doing so well with their new formula that they landed on for Awakening and the games afterwards, um, somebody else has to pick up the slack. And Wargroove looks to be doing that. It's coming out on PC and Switch and maybe other stuff, but those are the two that I know about for sure. And it looks like Advanced Wars, but kind of advanced a little bit more than it used to be. And it has a whole 
uh, it's like a suite of tools where you can make your own levels and share them online. So this could end up being, depending on how they do that, I don't really know yet, but it could end up being kind of an evergreen game even after you beat it because if there's a community that forms around creating and sharing levels, that could have some legs to it. So yeah. I'm excited for that too. Uh, another thing from Nintendo is Nintendo Labo, which just got announced this last week. Their cardboard stuff. I sent you the trailer, right? Yeah, I watched it, and that's another one where I just kind of rolled my eyes whenever I saw it. I'm like, oh, Nintendo. And I know a lot of people will get a lot of good out of that one, but it is so far out of anything that I would ever be even remotely interested in that I'm just like, I'm not, I, I don't care even a small amount about Nintendo Labo. So that was my initial reaction. I rolled my eyes and I went, Nintendo. And then I remembered that I had children and then I rewatched yeah. it. And then I went, oh, wait, this might have just become one of my most anticipated things of the year. Like making those things with my kids and then teaching them like how the systems are working together while we build these peripherals and then show yeah. them how it works like that is going to be an amazing project. So that's why it's yeah. anticipated for me. I don't actually care about the cardboard and the games. I care about like the activity with my kids. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, kids will get a lot out of this. And I'm not a builder. Like, even when I was their age, I didn't like putting things like this together. I didn't even like Legos when I was a kid. So this That's weird hits, to me. Yeah, this hits nothing that I've ever cared about. And so I'm like, eh on it but like for you doing it with your kids yeah absolutely it's going to be a fantastic experience for you and for yes. them yeah it should be good um and then the last one on here for me is lord of the rings the lcg online and I, i've talked about how much i like the lcg model of card games living card game model if you don't know the abbreviation the lord of the rings one is one of my favorite too because it's a co-op game and it might actually be my favorite yeah. LCG just because it's really fun to do co-op with other people. And it's, you know, living card game. You just buy a pack and you know you have all the cards in it. It's not like a CCG where you have to chase after cards and keep dumping money into it. You just you spend, you know, enough to get the pack and then you have everything and then you build your deck off of that. So the only downside that I've ever had to the Lord of the Rings LCG is that I just don't have enough excuses to get it on the table. I own so many expansions for it and so many chapter packs <laughs> that are literally sitting unopened on my shelf because I don't have a standard group or like a standing group to play right. with. And my kids are just now getting into, I'll talk about this in my geekery, but they're just now getting into like adult type board games where they can handle adult rules, my daughter anyway. Um, so I probably could start getting it on the table with her, but this being online means that I will actually get to play this game I love a whole lot more than I ever have. I will probably, you know, do more play sessions the first week of the video game than I've ever done over the last like five years of playing the LCG. So that's why that one is there for me. And that's that's crazy to me because I've played just the base game. And it's really good, but it wasn't anything that stood out to me because I like competitive games more than co-op games when it comes to cart when it comes to card games at least. So like Netrunner was my favorite LCG. So if there was a Netrunner LCG online, I would be losing my mind and really getting into it. But the the Lord of the Rings one is super fun, but it's just another game to me that I never really even thought thought about. See, yeah, I'm on the opposite there, because if Netrunner came out, I would be excited for it, but not like I am right now. Like, if there was only one LCG they were going to bring out as a video game, this would have been my pick. So that's why I'm I'm really hyped right. for it. 
Yep. Okay, but you have a couple others that I didn't cover yet, right? Um, not really. No, I my, I only had three games that I could think of this. Year. Well, I had two games oh, that I could think two, of, and then two I stole that I glossed one. over. Yep. Okay. Yes. Uh, because like the only three that I I found two on my own, and then stole one from your list because I didn't know it was coming out this early. Um, like Spider Man. Um, like we've said, Kingdom Hearts three is is go. I'm so there that everything about this, I'm there. We've talked a lot about me how much I like Kingdom Hearts. That regardless of when this game comes out, I'm buying it. And since it was supposed to be out this year, I'm holding out hope and crossing my fingers and like burning my prayers, everything that I can do. Um, and then Bloodstained that I forgot that this was coming out that. I have been I was following it pretty heavily for a while and it looks so good and I'm in such a Metroidvania mood right now that the moment I saw it like I immediately got excited again that I I totally blanked on it coming out this year because I was thinking it was a 2019 game and now that it's this year I cannot wait. Good. Well, no, I'm glad and, you're excited for it. I'm excited for that one too. So that's another one that we can talk about together, which is always yeah, I, the most fun part. And I guess I'm also still waiting for the uh, Vita version of Cosmic Star Heroin, which should be out this year. So I've talked a lot about it, how I love the battle system. So I'm really looking forward to having it on a handheld. Cool. Very cool. But, um, but yeah, okay. I mean, games, there hasn't been a whole lot that I even know that's coming out this year. I usually let you tell me what's coming out, and then I'm like, oh, cool, and then I'll look for it. Either way, now we have this list so we can look back on it when we do our end-of-the-year stuff, which I think will be very interesting at the very least. Well, um, cool. So let's dive into our geeky offer of the week. This week we have Gamefly. You guys can go to gameflyoffer.com geek and get a free one month trial on us. They will send you a game in the mail and you can play it until you're done with it or until you get bored of it. Or if you want to keep it, you can hit a button and keep it for even cheaper than retail price. And then you send it back when you're done, unless you hit the keep it button and it, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, <laughs> gameflyoffer.com geek. You can get a free month and it helps the podcast. Everybody wins. I should also mention the network the network is awesome um i don't i normally i hesitated here because normally i list out what people are talking about this week but we're recording a little bit earlier than normal i don't know what anyone's talking about this week but you should still check out tea time with katie and chelsea geekitude with joe hogan the comic box with rob they are all fantastic shows okay time for weekly geekery why don't you kick us off oh and we have one that well, overlaps that's excellent do that one last oh we do um so I did Gamefly, and I've got the Metroid uh, Samus Returns on 3DS right now, and I'm playing it, and I can totally see why you bounced off of it, but it is a very um, typical Metroid game, and I can also see how they're doing a little bit extra with it as I play more and more, where it doesn't feel like Super Metroid or uh, or or Metroid Fusion or or Zero Mission, and so I'm playing through it until I decide either I want to go all the way through and keep it and just pay I think it's like twenty five bucks. To to keep it and then uh or just send it back but my only real thing about this is that i want it on the switch i still don't understand why it's a uh, 3ds game that just the way that they present it the presentation on this the 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 graphics and the way that the it's almost cinematic and a lot of the different elements of the way that you uh the way that you go into a new area and it shows it all off that it feels like it should be a switch game and i don't get why it's on 3ds is do you know a reason why they put it out on that instead of the switch i mean just development cycles and what hardware was available at the time 
I think I think it's as easy as that. I'm really hoping for a port that if I knew there was a port coming out this year, I would so send it back to Gamefly and then pre-order, pre-order it on the Nintendo eShop. I mean, I but, think there's uh, also something to be said for having a remake on the 3DS and having the first Metroid game on the Switch be Metroid Prime 4 or whatever the new uh, one is coming out. I hate the Metroid Prime I, games, I know though, you do, so. but other people don't, so they probably want a new flagship release for Metroid to be the first Metroid game to hit the system. Well, other games ain't me void i mean other people ain't me void <laughs> I this just, is true i just i just i know and i know i understand people doing that and whenever the metroid uh, prime game comes out i will get it or at least play it because of giving just to give it a shot and see if my tastes have changed but it being a first person shooter over a a pseudo first person shooter uh i let me put it that way I, uh less interesting than the platformer element to me so but i'm liking it uh it's i do understand why why you I do understand why you bounced off of it though. And then uh you I woke up to a text message this week to you saying Hero Academy 2 came out without release or uh, without any kind of announcement or something like that and immediately went and downloaded it. And I've been playing this quite a bit. Um have you played it any since we talked last cuz I know that you were saying that uh it was it did nothing new, which is correct. I mean it did nothing that that it's just <laughs> duelist. Yes. No, I, I mean, mean it's, it's so Yes, I played it for one night, and then I said no, and I deleted it from my phone. It's Did you? Yeah. I mean, when Hero Academy came out, it was like a brand new concept, but now it's been so... I don't even know how many years it's been between. It feels like a long time, but it probably hasn't been. It's just that that kind of like CCG combined with like a board, combined with factions and cards that you play and characters come up on the board, like that's been done by a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways now, so... It just doesn't feel unique anymore because it's not. Right. And once you realize that and you stack it up against its contemporaries, it just doesn't measure up anymore, which is really sad to see. And I've actually had a pretty good time with it. I've kept playing it. And one of the ways that uh, I feel like I've, I'm getting more play out of it is that there are desktop versions of it. You can download a PC and Mac version of it as well. And so I'm sitting here writing and if I'm working on something I can have Hero Academy on my PC next to me just where I take a turn. And then I'm going back to writing where it keeps me from uh, uh, just like burning out whenever I, I have a blank spot without having to pull up my phone. So I've liked doing that. And I mean, I, I just it feels like Hero Academy, and the only part about it that I like the original better, really, is that you can do it asynchronously. That uh, you have to play this immediately, and so I can't take a turn, put my phone down, and go do something else like I could with the original. And that's uh, that was really important uh, for it being a mobile game back in the day. And I know that you know mobile gaming has changed since then, but uh, in terms of being an evergreen game, that... Uh, that's one of the things that will probably keep it from being for me. Yeah, yeah, understandable. But your last one here is one that we both played a bunch of. Yeah, wow. a few weeks ago, you talked about Fortnite and saying how it was like a lighthearted take on uh, the PUBG stuff. And so I decided to download it on the PC, and I've played it a bit. I haven't tried the single-player campaign, but I've been playing the P the PvP version a bit, the, P the Battle Royale, and my computer doesn't like it terribly much, so that may be kind of uh, influencing the way that I feel about it, but... 
I don't see what the big deal is. Honestly, it feels like an action game where I'm moving around and hiding from people. I mean, it's fun, but I don't really understand why it's taken the internet by storm so much with this genre. But you don't like like shooters and you also didn't like PUBG, right? No, I okay. don't. I mean, it's a game about tension. It's it's not a game about shooting, even though, yes, you do need to shoot people in it. Like, it's a game about tension and having an arc to your story. You, can, I mean, so we're talking about the PvP, right? The Battle Royale mode. We're going to ignore right. PvE because, like you said, neither of us have actually touched it yet. But the PvP, the Battle Royale, like, you drop in with 100 players, and sometimes you land on a building that somebody else lands on, and you get killed within the first minute. But... For every round that I have like that, I have a round where I'm in like the top 10 and the right, ring is closing in on you and you barely have much space left and you have to like be extremely careful with every movement and every shot that you take because you could give yourself away where you are and you want to know where other people are without letting them know where you are. So in a way, it's like not a, a stealth game, but kind of stealth and kind of tactics. Like, what am I hiding behind? What are my sight lines? Right. But at the same time, you like shoot people to get them out. Um it's not like just an FPS. Well, it's not an FPS at all. At all, it's a third-person shooter. Yeah, but it's a third-person shooter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's just not. It's not a game where you just run around killing people, which I feel like no. a lot of our first-person shooter competitive games are. And I just don't like that anymore. I'm, again, I used to be a thirteen-year-old boy. I enjoyed Call of Duty at the time. I I don't anymore. You know, I don't want a game where the winner gets fifty kills in ten minutes. Like it's just right. not something I'm interested in. You know, this is like, oh, I spent fifteen or twenty minutes and I got two kills, but I made it to the top five people. Like that was amazing. Yeah, and I mean I've done that and you're right, it does feel really good when you get in and it's like I killed one person because I was able to sneak up on them and then was able to stealthily avoid people. Like that is fun, but I don't I don't understand where the staying power of this is because I, I know you and I were texting back and forth about this and uh, maybe some of the listeners can actually tell me more about it too, but without a sense of progression and I mean, there's cosmetic stuff I know, but without a, a more of a sense of progression and I, I don't feel like at least right now, because it's early access with this one map, I, I st- even already feel like I've seen this game and maybe with more maps it will help that for me and and really open it up uh, so um i'm kind of hoping that there's a lot more to this coming as they start moving toward actual launch and with my computer not liking it i'm i'm downloaded it on the ps4 today it was actually installed i did it overnight last night just to see if the performance increased even though i have a stupid controller to see if that will make it feel any better for me okay so i i understand what you're saying and i and i see it But at the same time, I'm not viewing this as like a progression game. This is like Overwatch. This is like an evergreen game. It's not about like some kind of meta progression. It's, you know, it's about it's cosmetics if you want it to be about that. But it's mostly just about playing the game for fun. And so I've been playing this a lot the last like day and a half. It it hasn't even been that long since I finally got around to getting it on PC. And I should mention, um, 
when I mentioned it a few weeks ago and I said I tried it on PS4 and I just didn't like it with the controller, people reached out to me, listeners, and said, hey, it's on PC for free now too, which I didn't realize. So the only thing is that it's not on Steam, which I guess is where I was looking. And what I was remembering about having to buy a Founders Pack, that was a while ago. I guess that hasn't been the case for uh, like quite some time. So the only thing is you have to go and get the Epic Games launcher instead of Steam or like the Blizzard launcher. So it's another launcher on your system because Epic wants you to get involved with all their games which right now there are only three i think there's <laughs> right this there's paragon and there's unreal tournament which the other two are like whatever I, i'm not that interested in but anyway so i got it for pc i got it for free i started playing and it has everything i like about PUBG without the things i don't like so i mean it could use a couple of the extra things like there's not vehicles in this game yet but i wouldn't be surprised if they're there soon i mean aside from vehicles i can't think of anything that I like more in PUBG because I mean the, like some of the improvements right it has style which sounds so dumb but like this is the best way I could think of I was trying to think of how to explain this on the show PUBG is to Counter-Strike the way that Fortnite is to Overwatch like mm. It just has a style to it, whereas, I mean, Counter-Strike has more style than PUBG. PUBG feels like they bought a bunch of generic assets off of the whatever store where you buy generic <laughs> assets and <laughs> threw them the into Off the generic asset store? Yeah, exactly. And I don't fault them for that, because if I were going to make a game on a low budget, that's what I would have to do, too. But right. now, now they got picked up by a company. Now they have money behind them. Like, they should add style to that game, and it's just not there. Whereas I saw somebody on Twitter say that one of the reasons they, di- they couldn't make themselves play PUBG is because if they wanted to play a 2013 shooter, then they would go play a better 2013 shooter. Yeah, it's that- generic assets that are all bleak and brown and gray. And it just feels janky. It doesn't feel cohesive at all from like a right. stylistic standpoint. And, you know, Fortnite that does. That matters. Like, yeah, Fortnite has really cool stylized graphics that are awesome. And um, it has cosmetics in place that are really fun, too. I mean, I know there's cosmetics in PUBG that people like. I just, everything about the style of Fortnite draws me to it. And everything about the style of PUBG, every time I start that game, I just kind of like don't want to be in that world. It's not something I'm interested in. Um, It also is iterating much faster. Like, even in the couple days here, like, the map already has sections that are truly unique with unique assets, whereas PUBG, every time I felt like the areas I was in were just remixed generic assets. Again, back to that. Um, But then there are other things, like, the lootable items glow and are always in the middle of a room if they're there. Like, they're super obvious, whereas PUBG, like, they hide in the shadows and it's ugly and stuff like that. So tell me how you really feel about PUBG's aesthetics. It's They're bad. They're really bad. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I should mention about Fortnite is that it has building, which it feels like it's a minor thing, but it actually can dramatically change the game because it you can. can get resources and then you can build, like, forts and you can build shelters and you can build stairs to get yourself above other players and, like, get to sniping positions. Or you can jump off a cliff and if you're right next to the mountain as you fall down, you can build platforms as you're falling to like catch yourself. So it it changes the movement a lot because you can build. Oh, I'm nowhere near coordinated enough to uh, to build as I'm falling. Oh, uh, yeah, you you can learn to do it though. It's not that hard. Um, anyway, I really really like Fortnite, and uh, as much as I have stopped playing PUBG, I kind of like tonight when I have free time, I'm gonna go play more Fortnite. I guess that kind of says it all for the moment. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, I did a couple other things this week. So I played Legendary with my kids. And like I said, I'm trying to get my kids into like non-kid board games. And we're finally getting there. My son is still struggling a little bit, but he's five. You know, um, my daughter is getting it, though. She's pick up. She's picking up stuff right away. So Legendary is one we played this week, which was the Marvel deck building game. And they both liked that deck building game. Although Legendary, right. I've forgotten, the setup time for that game is not worth how long it takes to play that game. Like, there's so much setup time for that. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, that being said, my daughter wanted something that was kind of, like, progression over time because she saw my brother and I playing Pandemic Legacy. And she wanted oh. something with characters and she wanted something with adult rules that had complicated stuff. And after talking to her a bunch... I finally found, well, it's a game that I've been keeping my eye on for a few months, but I finally decided to buy it. So I bought Gloomhaven. It's not here yet because it just came out and it's shipping to everybody right now. Like it's not actually at retail until late last week. So I will report back on that another week actually after we actually get it on the table. Not yet. I tried the Dissidia beta, the Final Mm. Fantasy Dissidia NT beta. It is ridiculous. It is a hard to parse game. It is an interesting game, but it is not a good game. So I, I don't know. You looked at like videos of it, right? Yeah, I have. And it's still available to download. And I just kind of looked at it and I decided not to even try because I cared so little based on exactly what you just said. Ridiculous, hard to parse, interesting, but not good. I was just like, uh, I'd rather play something else right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I did this week was I played a bunch of Steam games. So I got around to trying a lot that I had on my wish list that I didn't know if I would like or not. So I would buy one. I would try it. I would Steam return it. I would wait until the money hit my Steam wallet, and then I would buy another one. And I did that with ah. about five games. So I basically went in the reverse order of how much I thought I would like them, which ended up being great because I used the same money over and over to find out that mm-hmm. I didn't like most of the ones that I kind of suspected I would bounce off of. So I don't want to dwell on those. But I did find two really cool games. One is called They Are Billions, which is an RTS zombie survival game. And it's still in early access. Actually, both of these are still in early access. Um, but their billions is is there's a good base there but it feels early accessy like i wish it were further along when i tried it so it's one that i played for a couple nights and then i put to the side and i will come back to later but it's still good yeah i was looking at that one actually and it i know that we've talked about early access being something that's either hit or miss for both of us and that's one i'm waiting on because it looks really cool but i'm not sold on early access games most of the time yeah so that's one i would say that you are perfectly good to just wait on the other one is called slay the spire and i am also kind of obsessed with this game so i've been playing this and i've been playing fortnite for basically the last well i don't know i don't know this those are the two games that i've been playing me and my daughter are both kind of obsessed with slay the spire already because she saw me playing one night so i explained what it was then she's like can i try and i just let her sit down and take the mouse and then she played like two or three rounds of it and now she wants to play it all the time it is a single player pve deck building dungeon crawl and it works really well um it puts things like hearthstones kobolds and catacombs just it puts them to shame like there are so many good deck building mechanics here um it is a super fun game so cool like i said i'm already loving it um it's early access but the two characters that are in there right now feel feel like fully fleshed out and i want to keep going back and pushing it further um, there's That's a couple awesome. things like i kind of wish the art was a little bit better i kind of wish there were more characters 
characters, but I also felt like it was totally worth the money, and I can easily recommend it in its current state. Oh, fantastic. I know I checked it out. You had sent a link, and it was one where I was waffling on it, uh, mainly because of Hero Academy 2, because one of the things that it does, I don't know if you got to and saw that it actually has single-player campaigns where you have storylines that you go through with uh, unique challenges uh, that give you, like, ultra packs of cards as they call it and uh as you move through it it advances the story you have unique things that go on and i'm playing through one of them and it's actually pretty neat i mean it's just uh with the campaigns it feels like what you were looking for with uh kobolds and catacombs as well so um with Sp- Slay the Spire, I have like 15 bucks in Steam Cash right now. I may, I may try that one myself. Yeah, it's no, Slay the Spire is really good. I liked it a lot. And that's one too where I just think it's going to get better and like more fleshed out over time. But I also don't think it needs to change that much. I think it's mostly there. My only real complaint is that it's not on mobile. And if it was on mobile, I would be playing it like all day, like every day. Mm. Not all day. I have work to do, but I'd be playing it a lot. Like a lot. Nope. All day, every day. You'd lose your job. You'd live under a bridge, all because of Slay the Spire. <laughs> so, anyway, it, I recommend that one. You should check it out. That's about all for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we're on Slack too. Go to slack.geek2geekcast.com and grab an invite and come chat with us. And remember, we're part of a podcast network like we mentioned earlier so head over to geek to geekcast.com to see all of our shows i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beach that's beach with two e's and i'm now vlogging at runningshoes.tv we've been void beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye geekos Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.